Welcome to the Sound and Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Isham, owner and founder of Dreamer Productions and Sound and Marketing Learning. I create, consult, and educate brands and individuals on the power of sound in marketing. Now back to the show. On January 1st, 2000, Americans got their first glimpse of a new, innovative marketing campaign for a little-known supplemental insurance company in Columbus, Georgia. When a little white duck with a lot of personality stormed upon the scene, Affleck made advertising history and became an international powerhouse. Since then, the Affleck duck has appeared in more than 75 commercials and has helped catapult Affleck into a household name. We pick up where we left off in part one with Tom, Eric, and I talking about what happened as the years went on with the duck as a mainstay. I've also sprinkled lots of fun Affleck commercials throughout. The whole original assignment was for brand awareness. They wanted people to know the name. Has that changed through the years? It's been 20-some years. Uh, is, is it more about performance marketing, or is it still just awareness and growth, or are you well, even aware of that? Well, we stopped working on it like five or six years ago. But as, as the awareness thing kind of, it, it sort of resolved itself, right? Because the awareness jumped so pre- precipitously just within a short amount of time. So then it was like, oh, I, now I've heard of that, but, but what exactly does that like do? And it's not like everybody knows what car insurance is. Everybody knows what homeowners insurance is. It's like supplemental insurance. What's that? Like, oh, does that make it sound like it's not that necessary because it's called supplemental? So we spent the latter part of the uh, time we were working on it having to have the duck be a facilitator for how um, you know people would learn more about the X, Ys, and Zs of what kind of policies they might have. But we kind of stuck to our guns with having the duck only say one word, which was the quack that sounded like Affleck. And we had to dig in on that because there were times when it's like, can't we have the duck like talk and explain what the benefits of Affleck are? And we kind of like died on the sword. No, it's got to be germane to what the original concept of the idea was. All the insurance advertising at the time was very serious. And now, you know, now there's flow from Progressive, who's comedic, and the State Farm uh, campaign is comedic, and all state, and it's pretty much, it's, they're all comedic. And it kind of was the duck that ushered in that sort of like, oh, we could, we don't have to take ourselves so seriously. We can poke fun at ourselves. And I'll never forget, I'm like, after we came up with the idea, and I'm not sure if like, we had our commercial running already. It was not a short time after that. I mean, a very short time after that, that I'm seeing Geico and they have like a gecko as a spokesperson. And I was like, how lame is that? It doesn't even like rhyme with Geico. <laughs> or it's, such, it's such a stretch. Of course, they've been running both of the campaigns are 22-year-old campaigns. Even insurance companies now, like Liberty Mutual, are trying to come up with their little character, their Limu Emu thing, which was their attempt at, I guess, of being humorous and having kind of like a spokes animal. But, you know, when we first did this, and like Tom said, you know, they want to, you know, how do we get people to know the benefits? How can we get, you know, we want the duck to talk, but, but we were very strict and we had guidelines of what the duck could do and could not do. 
And, you know, through just the way he would act and the way he would present himself or the way he would say Aflac or the way you'd see him getting frustrated, that was the way he'd communicate. And I think because a lot of people, you know, don't get heard and get don't get heard and get frustrated and have to figure out ways of getting through to people. I think they related to the duck on that level because, you know, here the duck is giving them the answer and they're not listening. We're very determined. We were not going to have a talking animal because we thought that would just ruin the whole mystique of the duck. And, you know, it's the duck that quacks the name of the company. That's it. The other thing that we, we tried to achieve was tap into this, sort of universal belief that people, you know, no, nobody likes not to be heard. Right. And basically this is a duck going around saying, look at me, like I am the answer to a big problem. You could be having, Hey, over here, this idea of having like a persnickety sort of not listen to duck sort of, I think tapped into or hit a nerve that helped its popularity. And, and the other ingredient that helped that along to that end is that we casted uh, Gilbert Gottfried, who mostly at the time was a stand-up comedian. He had been the voice of the parrot in the, in the Aladdin movie. But he basically was a kind of, you know, filthy but very funny stand-up comic. And goodness knows if the client ever like saw his stand-up act, they would have never okayed him, okayed him for the voice. <laughs> but when we came up with the idea, I'm like, oh my God, we have to get Gilbert Gottfried. And it, it turned out we both grew up one neighborhood over in Brooklyn. I had seen him performing since he was a kid. We did think that Gilbert would be perfect because he was loud and annoying and sort of like that was the part of the duck's personality. So instead, rather than just give him the job and we wanted to do our due diligence, especially for the client, we auditioned like we auditioned like 2000 people, including celebrities like Penny Marshall and Dan Castellaneta, who's a voice of many of the Simpson voices. We brought in voices from South Park. And after doing all that, no, we nobody could sort of deliver it uh, what what needed to be delivered like Gilbert, which was to be funny, to be shy, to be loud, to be rude. We would direct him every time we shot new commercials, we'd bring him into the studio and direct him, say it this way, say it like you're drunk, say it like you are crying, say it like you're really even extra annoyed. Remember we did the roller coaster spot where he's on a roller coaster and he gets off the roller coaster and the duck is like, okay, Gilbert, sound like you're about to throw up. Relax, we got supplemental insurance. What are you talking about? I'm fine! Don't we get injured in this work? We're covered for things like lost pay and other expenses with this. With what? We did a synchronized swimming spot in which he had to say Affleck underwater. So we had him, you know, with a, gave it, we gave him a bottle of Poland spring water in the booth and he, he basically gargled the word Affleck. 
some people don't think what we do is a sport. That's because you can't get hurt doing it. Oh. Otherwise, you have that insurance. What insurance? that pays you cash. Oh, if you're hurt and can't work. Yeah. Half lap. Ask about it at work. <laughs> and he was like non-stop in the booth, gargling with the water, it was getting all over him and everything like that. But we would keep having to hit the stop, you know, the, the talk button, stop, 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 because he was just so funny. He just would just go on and on and on. And we got it, Gilbert. We got it. Now here's the next thing you need to do. By casting Gilbert, because I'm, I'm familiar with Gilbert Gottfried also, it gives you even more reason other than your others to just have him say one thing. <laughs> because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> then you're safer in like, uh, you know, network television commercials and campaigns. You, you've got it. You know his one word that right, he's going no to surprises. say. Why do you think people connect so much to the duck? Is it just because it like jolts you out and surprises you? Like, why is a duck yelling at me? Or is there something else to it that makes it more personable? What, what would your opinion be? I think part of it also is that People thought the duck was real. People thought that the duck was like, how are they getting the duck to do all these things? How do they get the duck to talk like that? I had a friend who was, I forget how old he was when the, when the duck debuted, like five, five or six years old. And he's like, oh my God, they trained the duck how to say Affleck. So there was, even though it was partially a live duck, partially a puppeted duck and partially a CG duck, depending on what we needed the duck to do. There was this thing that he became, he became humanized somewhat by actually saying kind of a real word. And then I think this personality sort of trait that it, that he had, that sort of like, uh, you know, you felt empathy, you felt empathy for him because like he's trying to get this message through. Right. And, and no one's listening. And, and I think people relate to that. And, and, you know, just the more he was frustrated, I think the more people related to it. Somebody told me kids or people would use Affleck sort of like shorthand for like kind of yelling at their friends or, or being frustrated. Robin, the account person who didn't want us to even show the duck, I'll never forget. She was, she was in Italy online, like a very long line to see, like to get into the Vatican and someone in the back of the line was pissed off and just started saying Aflac like randomly <laughs> to give voice to her frustration of not getting in to see the Pope. How does the creative come? Do you come up with the copyright first? Do you come up with a, a slogan? Is there music that you have like maybe playing in the background while you're thinking, you know, um, uh, do you go to lunch? <laughs> One of our offices used to be uh, right outside Bryant Park. So we would just go sit in Bryant Park and work and, you know, we're, you know, very observant and we look at people going back and forth and seeing what they're doing and we would just get ideas being out. You know, we got more ideas being outside and just, you know, seeing things that caught our eye that might inspire an idea. We also work, used to work a lot in Starbucks when Starbucks used to be all plush with couches and stuff like that back in the, uh, back in the day. And if you remember, Tom, we saw that guy, he had a pet pig. It was, he, this guy was dressed, he had a bow tie on, and he just was dressed like a character, and he was walking a pet pig 
in front of Starbucks on the street. And we said, hmm, I wonder if we could do something with that. But we were always out more than in the office coming up with ideas. And then music-wise, if a, a, a particular piece of music fit, like we did this spot called Silent Movie, which was kind of an, an, the antithesis to what we're talking about, sound. Like, how do you do a silent movie with a duck that says Aflac, right? We did the classical, you know, piano, you know, silent movie music and stuff like that. But I don't think music was really a driver. I think we did a number of celebrities in our spots, but the celebrities were always related to a way of getting our message across. Like when we did the spot with Yogi Berra, you know, because he always has a unique way of saying things. So we thought he'd be a great person to work with. Not too close. What do you think? I got that insurance? What insurance is that, Yogi? The one you really need to have. If you don't have it, that's why you need it. Need what? Aflac. Well, if you get hurt and miss work, it won't hurt to miss work. And they give you cash, which is just as good as money. Aflac, ask about it at work. I mean, when we sit down to work, it's sort of like it, it starts with like, what's the idea? What, let's come up with a good idea. Maybe it's a song that is relatable to the product. Maybe it's a mnemonic. The other kind of big campaign that Eric and I did that's still on the air is uh, Napa Auto Parts. For that, we came up with the line first, Napa Know How, which grew out of a truth about their brand that unlike AutoZone and O'Reilly's and other auto sort of repair places, um, Napa actually hired mechanics to be in the front of their stores. So there were knowledgeable salespeople and not like some kid who was working at Walmart or Target the week before and is now at the front of the store of like an auto zone. Cardiology, I don't have the heart. Pulmonary doctor, no cigar. I can't diagnose a simple cold or flu, but if your engine's got a cough, I know what to do. Give it six of these and wash it down with this. A new air filter ought to help it catch its breath. Now but no. to make sure that Napa know-how, aside from the alliteration of all the ends, seated in people's heads, we did come up with a song and we hired a Southern band. Uh, I forget the name of the band. Rascal Flats. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so, and he came up with this song, Napa know-how, Napa know-how. So when that broke, it also, like, you kind of couldn't get it out of your head. And the other thing, you know, I'd say that is unique to those campaigns and what we kind of set out to do is that only only Affleck could have had a duck quacking the name of the company that sounded like a quack. So it, it turned out that eventually, ultimately, you couldn't ever separate out the duck from Affleck or Affleck from the duck. They became so entwined that whenever you saw a duck, you'd think Affleck, and whenever you saw Affleck, you'd think of a duck. And similarly, you know, AutoZone know-how doesn't quite have the, 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 it, 
the alliteration or memorability of Napa know-how so that only Napa could say Napa know-how because of their knowledgeable people and because of the alliteration of the words. Tom said like the alliteration, you know, Napa know-how and like, you know, the set, you know, how that just like, you know, is easy to say, it like kind of runs off the tongue. And then when Wendell did, you know, the Napa know-how that just accentuated it even more and became, you know, its, its own little memorable device, you know, from a sound point of view. You've done, you said, I think 90 different spots for the Affleck deck. Can you both tell me what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite? I have like three favorites. One is, one is Yogi. One is uh, Silent Movie. And the other one was Film Noir. Those are my favorite three. Yeah, I'd have to agree. We, we'd shot one and we had a 60 second version that was a total takeoff of like black and white film noir movies with a damsel in distress who's who's hurt and she can't work. And we kind of did it way over the top, which we tend to do. She was beauty, brains and damp. You have to help me. I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt and I need cash. You have that insurance, don't you, sweetheart? What insurance? There's the rub. I couldn't remember. When it pays you the dough when you're hurt and miss work. Go ask about whatever it's called. (laughs) Ask about what? Yeah, so, you know, sometimes we would try to find little, you know, genres to put the duck in, you know, and then, you know, and then we did a Christmas spot in, uh, with Rudolph and we worked with the Rudolph people. We did an animated Aflac spot with, uh, that we worked with Warner Brothers and, and we had Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and uh, Wile E. Coyote uh, in that animated spot. And we worked closely with, uh, with them as well. So, when we first came up with it, we said, oh, maybe this campaign will last two or three years if we're lucky. Even leaving the editors, you know, when we finished the first three spots, we were in the cab saying, you think this is going to be good? You know, we, you, know you, you don't know. Like, who knows what's going to hit, right? I, 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 yeah, and I guess, I guess the one spot we didn't make, but we tried to, was using Ben Affleck. Yes. About five years into the campaign, Ben Affleck was on, like, talk shows saying that, damn duck is driving me crazy like little old ladies in the airport coming up to me like Affleck 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 so we actually we actually got a a storyboard into his hands and he actually actually left me a voicemail on my uh on my phone saying that duck is driving me crazy so yeah maybe we'll look at it it never got anywhere but he didn't he didn't need the name recognition like Dan Amos did (laughs) That would have been amazing, though, man. Yes. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both so much for your time. I really enjoyed this. I hope you guys had a good time, too. Thanks I'm for sure having my us. listeners will enjoy this. Yes, thanks for having us. We appreciate it. For the exhaustive history of the Affleck Duck. Hey, can't get enough. More than you might <laughs> want to know. I hope you're enjoying the show. Don't forget to subscribe on all the major podcast channels. Share with friends, follow, and rate spread the word because, well, more people should know about this stuff. I know you know that now. For any other inquiries, you can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at dreamerproductions.com. All links will be provided in the show notes. 
Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.